Hi, I'm Trace Dean. And I'm Jamie Jones, and together we create Dodger, Dodger. and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That was powerful stuff, my man. Well, we can hear you just fine. Oh, that's a very strong. Yeah, what we hear is very good. It's all right. A little bit of turbulence makes you glad for the calm waters, doesn't it? Uh, Vince, it is... You know what, I'll just... I'll send it. Not through Skype, you Because that'll come up the way. Grandma. Did you activate your badge? I did. I did activate it, but I did open it today. Apparently, my wife almost threw it out. Oh no! Junk mail. They need to step up on the printing of their envelopes because it's very inconspicuous. Right? Yeah. Should bit should be NYCC big red letters. Here's your badge. Press style. Get that stilo. I'm looking forward to it. I would really hope so. am. Well, I'm going to see a lot of my friends there. You are. Yeah. And Mario. And Mario. Yes. <laughs> 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 All my friends and Mario. <laughs> you dick. This is going to get intros this time. I am. Imagine. Hey, do you think we can get Quintel? Because he's going to be there. KG? You know, yeah, regular shows ending. Yeah, I mean he's been there before, right? And we, I mean, we we should make a point to get him. But he's not an artist alley, though. No, he's at a uh, Cartoon Network panel. Right. But we'll sh- shout across across all the people. Yo, JG. Mayhap, Say mayhap. It. Yeah. Because we have that kind of pull. You know, I never watched that show, Bob's Burgers. No. I love it. But no. apparently, uh, the dude who is the dad is the same voice as Archer. Oh yes, yes. it's John Baker. Yeah. Right. Bob's Burgers is great. They did a crossover with Archer. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. I missed that. I'm thinking you'll hate Bob's Burgers. Uh, I, I caught an episode uh, this week because my uh, my oldest son's watching it, and uh, it, it did nothing for me. I watch it with the kids. We no, love it. Cool. It's one of those things where I, I can't believe it's been going on for so long, and then when I hear from my friends who watch it and absolutely adore it, I'm like, there is – I think I have to rethink things now because I just – I don't – I don't – how – how some people could actually feel this way about a show that I want absolutely nothing to do with and wish it. All right, we're going to have to move on here just for a second. Because, <laughs> uh, this is 11 o'clock comics. Woohoo! Uh, Episode 438. Damn. Yeah. And I am happy Vince B. You are happy Vince B. And I'm happy when you're happy. I'm David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I want you all to come and spin that wheel because I'm Bob Barker. Oh, the women you have betted in your lifetime, oh, my friend. Oh, it's been crazy. <laughs> yes. Oh, Epic fight with Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great movie. Classic. Yes. But you're not Bob Barker, unfortunately. You're Jason Wood. Jason Wood. No, you're better than Bob Barker. Well, you you're Jason unfortunately. Wood. You know. Well, you'd have more money. It's true. Than you, are, than you already do have. It's probably true. Fortunate for us, you are Jason Wood. 
Best seat in the house, right here. 11 o'clock comics. That's right. Brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what you're going to pay at the regular comic shops. For example, from Image, After Death, AD, book number one of three, series premiere. Jeff Lemire. Oh, my God. Scott Snyder. This is a massive issue. I believe it's 72 pages. Cover price is $5.99. What are they going to take it home for? How much are they going to pay for this thing? Do you know? Do the math. 50% off. $2.99 for a massive comic from two of the best creators out there. Don't even think about it. It's only three issues. Just order it. Uh, from Dark Horse, another legendary creator, Department H. The hardcover, volume one, subtitled Pressure. Ding. Um, it's Matt Kent and his wife Charlene putting this together. Cover price for this hardcover is a very respectable $19.99. But that's not what you're going to pay for six issues. You are going to pay $9.99. Last, but certainly not least, from our friends at Valiant, B. Clay Moore, Clayton Henry, Louis LaRosa, all together on a new series called Savage. Cover price in line with the rest of the Valiant Universe, $3.99. Your price, $1.99. Go get thee to discount comic book service, dcbservice.com, and you will save. Aren't you sick of me telling you? Just do it. They are. I don't think so. What do you think of that, uh, that Savage book? What do I think? Yeah, like, what do you think of the premise? I think it will be mine, but let's, I said it last week, it's Turok. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it's, it's unabashed Turok. Mm. I don't need to know the premise. I see a man, Indian regalia, you know, Native American regalia-ish with dinosaurs. I think Turok. Mm-hmm. And I, that's probably what they want us to think. No shame. You can't get the, the genuine article. Make a new one. Truth. Yeah. I'm down with it. Down with it. You bet. Noise. Oh, I have to thank Flippa Dippa because the show notes this time around are courtesy of Flippa Dippa because I have no paper and I am writing on the letter he included Aww. when he, when he sent me all of them comics. I'll scan it, put it up. It'd be kind of fun. I'm going to write Savage, number one, right now. What are we drinking, folks? Uh, I can't say that it's that exciting. I'm drinking Miller Lite. Surpri- surprise. Oh, nice, though. So, You're drinking beer. Yeah, I'm drinking beer, yeah. but it's not exactly cool. a craft beer. That's all right. I'm drinking all the beer. All of it? Yeah, like what? Yeah. Magic Hat, number nine. Okay. And Great Lakes... Commodore Perry, India Pale Ale, and Samuel Adams Winter Lager. All of them. Wow, that is and, all the beers. And Dan. <laughs> David. You saw the picture I I, I sent uh, on over the weekend when I was I at did. The, the one. Yeah, but I didn't get nothing back, but whatever. Uh, oh, my God. <sighs> I butt hurt. Yeah. Didn't I like it? I had to have liked it. Well, I slacked what? it. I don't know if you liked it. Oh, I don't. Yeah, sometimes I don't respond on the slack. So, 
sometimes. Sometimes, Stutter sometimes. Man. Sometimes, really? <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, Wine or Food Fest, I am drinking something that I tried at the festival that I've been... It, it's one of the wineries we haven't been to yet this summer. This is America's oldest winery that was still producing wine even during Prohibition because they were able to... The loophole was they were making the sacramental wine for the churches. Mm-hmm. Ah. So this is Brotherhood, America's oldest winery, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. Uh, this is rather tasty. I am really enjoying this. I only left with um, with three bottles because none of the places near me sell the cab. They sell the um, uh, the, sh- the the Riesling for Renee, but they don't sell any of the reds. So I finally was able to try it. Left there with some. That was really the the only alcohol we left with. Even though I tried some whiskeys, left them all there. But this is, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up finishing the bottle tonight. Ooh, nice. Look at you, chug a chug. Chug a chug. So aside from your thank you, Vince, anybody else? Not even. Nope. Okay. Uh, I need to thank Ooh. Drew. Uh, DVG? DVG himself. Yes. I uh, came home to a box that was complete. No, 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 no. It wasn't a box. It was a, uh, it was a padded envelope in the mailbox, but it was actually in, in decent shape. Uh, in it was the Hanna-Barbera Classic Collection. Birdman and the oh. Galaxy Trio, the complete series. Nice. No. Yep. Uh, DC Comics, the sequential art of Amanda Connor, with an introduction by Darwin Cook. Nice hardcover. Look at you. Uh, featuring stories from Superman Lois Lane, Secret Origins, 80-Page Giant, Joker Last Laugh, Birds of Prey, Supergirl, JSA Classified, Wonder Woman number 600, and more. And lastly... Inside the envelope was Project Superior from Ad House. Ah, that, you know what? You are a lucky, I have it. Yeah. But you are a lucky man because that is not a cheap get. That, that book will, that book will cost you. Yep. No kidding. Yep. Well, I'll, um, I'll read some selections from it if, and, and I'll let you know which ones and we can uh, talk about them. Sure. I love that book. It's, it's a beautiful book. Yeah. Um, I have to thank co-host Jason B. Wood because Aww. I came home to a box yesterday uh, where he was like, someone sent you a brick. The box is heavy because the three books in there are not light. Um, one of them I can't wait to actually crack open and that is the Mixer Bible. I, I have a stand mixer and, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. But what really excites me is a little story by Mr. David Rubin, mm. and it is The Hero Books 1 and 2. So if it's quite apparent that Jason really wants me to read this story. Oh, I do. So I will, and, and I cannot wait. And it is it is gorgeous, man. I mean, I've seen preview pages. I've, I've 
from what I've seen online and what people on the forums and, and, and the Facebook page have posted, but it is, it is stunning. And I am so looking forward to this. Nice. My pleasure. Nice. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Although I am using the, uh, the Bluetooth headphones that our friend Stephen Wooder sent me last week. Aww. Bunch of sweethearts. Did you see my, uh, Facebook post to Rick Hansen? I did. I don't Do you want to start off with that? I would like to because it's, it's fast. It's, and it's, I can't, so, I can't spill any of the well, beans because you haven't read, you're not caught up yet. It moved Rick enough to actually do a screenshot from his yeah. Facebook wall and post it on the 11 o'clock group page. All right, a little bit of history. At uh, C2E2, Rick and I had a long, long conversation about Alan Moore's Providence. And I was of the opinion, which you probably know if you're a, a regular listener to the show, I was of the opinion that Providence, up to and including issue number nine, was little more than fanfic. It seemed to me that Alan Moore was cherry-picking the uh, Lovecraft catalog, taking characters and situations and concepts and, and occurrences and just using them to his advantage, mm-hmm. changing the names slightly here and there, manipulating them. But in in essence, it's no more than fan fiction to me, or at least it right. was until I read issue number 10. And the crafty bastard that Ellen Moore is I should have known that something like this was going to happen because with issue 10, it completely transforms everything that com- that preceded it. It makes what he did not only believable, but elevates it way, way past the um, level of fanfic. There's a reason why he did that. And it makes sense, and it's a holy shit moment, and it's disturbing as hell, and not only that, but he ties it to the courtyard. He has tied it to Neonomicon. So all of the the Lovecraft-inspired stories by Alan Moore, they gel. They are one story. And that's Providence number 10. And I was like, I, I, I have to apologize to Rick because he said there's there's going to be more to it. It's not fanfic. Give it, give it a chance. And I, I, it's Lovecraft, so I didn't want to give Alan Moore a chance. I wanted him to knock it out of the park with the first issue, and it's a slow burn, mm-hmm. as anybody who's read Providence knows. But um, I will say this: the commonplace book that Mister Black uh, scribbles in is very, very, very important to the story. It's the whole reason for the story. Really? Yeah. Look, considering how many pages it is in each issue, I, I didn't think it was something that. Right, but you know, and and we were talking about this at the comic shop today when I went to pick up my Doom Patrol. You don't have to read. You do. It adds to the story, but the 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 information contained within the commonplace book is not what is important. Mm-hmm. The actual physical entity of the commonplace book is important. Okay. And you'll you'll see that when you read uh, issue ten. It is amazing. And there's a blowjob in it. Oh, well, there you go. So how can you? No, oh, when you see, no. it, when you see it, you're not gonna be like, oh. Uh, my man's, uh, <laughs> you're gonna be like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Hmm. It's not gonna be like, c'est bon. 
No, no, it'd be, it'd be like sissy. <laughs> it's bad, but it's Here's fun. a question that we had a little yeah. discussion about at work today. Gun to your head, gotta tap one of them. Hillary or Lena Dunham? Dude. Well, you either tap Hillary or get killed. So um, I would go with Hillary. No, well, I'm, <laughs> first, I'm, I'm going with Hillary because that means I'm not much closer to Bill Clinton. Oh, I'd go Hillary without hesitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. There's, there's, yeah. I think oh. she'd be feisty. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, I just think, I just think she's, she's not completely repulsive. <laughs> Oof. That's it. That is it. Read between the lines, my friends. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that said, Mr. Rick Hansen, you are vindicated and Mr. Alan Moore is too. And right. I was wrong. Oh, I was were, wrong. He was, yeah. Cause it's, was I was, no, we had a good conversation and we both, we both held our ground, right. but the the data supports his um, his position. Respect. Yeah. Respect it. <laughs> Let's do this. That what do we fun. have, dude? Uh, I you read a you read uh, a book by Mr. Jared Way this week? Did you not? I did. Right, him hours ago. Jason is, of course. Talking about Gerard Way's Doom Patrol number one, which came out today, and uh, art. Let me get the credits page so I don't leave anybody out because we don't want to do that. Um, it's called uh, Doom Patrol number one. Happy birthday, Casey Brink. Brick by Brick Part One by Gerard Way wrote it. Nick Darrington is the artist. The colorist is Tamara Bonvillon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of alternate covers. Yes. Nick Darrington, James Harvey, Brian Boland, Sanford Green, Jaime Hernandez, Babs Tarr. But the only one you should be concerned with is Brian Chippendales because it's the best one. Totally. There you go. It is. It's amazing. He's my boo. I love Chippendale. Mm-hmm. How's that feel? He he is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> A little tight on the shoes there. But anyway, I'm not going to pretend that you have I understood a whole lot of this. Okay. But it, I'm sure it will play out. Um, you have an EMT named Casey Brink mm-hmm. with her partner, Sam. Yeah. They are transporting uh, someone to the EMT or the, the emergency room, and they talk. And while they're talking, Sam is eating a gyro. Hero. Chucks, whatever. Chucks it into, is that how you say it? Hero? It's, it's hero, it's gyro, it's gyro, it's, it's, there are. He's, he's eating a wrap. Right. A Greek wrap. I can, I can, I can handle some lamey wrap. Yeah. And he chucks the wrap into a garbage can. A fly flits onto the uh, wrap and everything changes. We get a panorama of Cliff Steele cloaked on what looks to be um, not our dimension. Okay. Um, and there's an altercation with robots and he destroys them by launching a bunch of missiles, which spills over into the main reality into the book. The garbage can blows up. And I gotta say, um, Casey's nonplussed. I mean, she says, wow. Yeah, and that's, but it's it's not like holy shit that garbage can blew up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. 
she's unflappable. Maybe it's a regular occurrence in this reality. I don't know. Sure. But it, it, it also, it sets you up for the, as events unfold later in the book, which kind of, if I didn't recall back to the garbage can, I would have been like, I don't know. It's just another thing of, I don't know what to make of this because right when a singing telegram shows up and that's what happens to your roommate, I think, yeah, the whole thing was just, well, weird. Yeah, it's, it seems like events are, the magnitude of the events are diminished as if there's a blanket of something controlling emotions over this whole thing. Because if, if somebody just got blown up, in your apartment. You're like, okay, I guess I need a new roommate. Like, oh my God, there's guts and blood and everything right. all over the place. Like the, the, what's her name? Uh, Terry. Terry's like, did you like him? And she's like, Casey's like, not really. And that's it. That's, that's, that's the saga of the roommate. Did you like him? Not really. It just seems like there's a limit to the amount of, um, Emotion that these characters, maybe, I'm certainly, I'm certain it's intended, right? Um, the most emotional character in the book is, is Ricardo. Yeah. Or if that's his name, if he just didn't steal the, the shirt, um, looking for Danny the Street. I'm assuming he's looking for Danny the Street. I think my favorite page is what's going on with Nas Calder. That's the, that's the winner. That's the (laughs) absolute, that, that page made me giggle. Yeah, it was a little crazy. I, I could see it though. Now it's called it. sitting in front of a bank of synthesizers and he goes blink and you get boop and then he changes the input and he gets boop like a double note, changes the input and he gets a fly and he has this goofy shit eating grin and he looks right at the viewer. It's, it's amazing. It is. It's a gorgeous panel. It is an amazing page. I love it. So simple, right? You don't even know, need to know what's going on, but Thematically, it's a fly. Right. And the fly flitted on the, the hero. So there's something important with the fly. Because that's what also the robots are speaking and, and the synthesizers. Yeah. So yeah, there's, um, yeah, there's, this isn't something I, I don't think this is something that's going to be, oh, it's so divisive. And I tried the first issue and I, I think, you're going to have to read more than the first issue. Yes. I don't think this is something, I mean, you may not like way, you may not like the, and I'm going to get to the art in a second. You may not like the art. You may, you may not like the characters, but there isn't really anything on these pages yet where you can make a decent enough judgment to say this book isn't for me. No. Uh, I think I'm going to begin every show with Umada Calabra. I mean, I, I, it's funny that you say it that way, cause I, I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it. It sounds like you both enjoyed it, but I, I was, the whole time I'm reading it though, I was thinking like, oh, a lot of people are going to drop this book like it's hot. Cause it's so obtuse and so strange. I, I think that a lot of people pick this up out of curiosity and will not buy a second, second issue. But that's the guiding light from Young Animal. If, did you read the, uh. Um, sure, but again, I mean, we're talking about what the perception of the public is, right? Which is like, right. oh, I, you got Jared Way fans, you got people that enjoyed Umbrella Academy, you've got people curious about new things DC, you've got people that remember the, the Morrison iteration of Doom Patrol, you got people that remember the 
other versions of Doom Patrol, and all of them probably try this out of curiosity. And I would imagine the Morrison Doom Patrol acolytes are going to stick around. I would imagine uh, a lot of other people won't. I think, uh, to to rephrase it, I think if someone... I think I'll be uh, disappointed or depressed if someone says, yeah, I read the first issue and, and that was it. And I don't, you know, I, I don't care where it's going. I mean, you can absolutely, mm-hmm. listen, you know, I, I didn't care for the characters. I don't, I have other things to read. I get sure. it. But, but, but to make a judgment and say, no, I, you, you, you don't know where anything that's happening is going. It's, you, right. you can't yeah. make any, any guess as to, What's going on with the dude who got hit with the brick? What's going? You, you just True. there's nothing you can say. Oh yeah, I, I know what's going to happen, and, and no, there's but no way. Based on prior knowledge of the Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. the Morrison, the Morrison run, you can piece things together. Assuming you, you don't, read that, though. right? You right. don't have to know who who this Vectra is, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's working on um, an energy source mm-hmm. capable of making product and the product is called Danny burgers and there's a brick, you know, that may be the last surviving piece of Danny, the street and they're going to, they're going to milk it to to make these Danny burgers. But you, I I don't think you need to know at this point. Um, Obviously this series is going to require more on the part of the reader Mm -hmm. than the, than the average book. But I, I say if you've read this and you have the big WTF hanging over your head, let it go for a couple issues. Let it go, let it go. The, uh, the, Terry Nunn, I'm, I'm a fan of. I, I, I want to see more of her, but the, as I'm going through this and I'm looking at the pages and, and looking at the art, I am, I'm looking at some of the faces. I'm looking at the way the characters carry themselves and, and how there is, it's not dirty art. It's very clean and, and everything right. is, is, uh, everything looks good. Everything's, there's no cross hatching. It's not gritty. And mm-hmm. all I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking Dustin Weaver Inc. by Mike Norton. Mm. Mm. Especially with Casey, and it's been her face on the splash page reminded me of a, of a Weaver chick. But it's it's there's um, but it, but don't but what? Don't forget the stylistic shift. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. With it's the, not. There are when, when when we're at the robots, when we're at the um, and and of course at the 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 Rondo in conference room with everybody changing. Um, no, there's there's uh. It's not, and even even the end with with the lion and and the blue blood. It's even that's slightly different than than how the issue starts. But it's um, poor Danny. What did you do? It's it's well, he's sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it, it reminded me of of um, not quite all red, not 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 quite, um, not quite. Hernandez brother, there's just, there's, it, it's a very clean, not so cartoony style. And, and so far, I mean, well, it's one issue, but so far it's working for me. I, I'm, I, I am surprised that by how much I enjoyed the issue. Nice. Yeah. No, I thought it was great, but I'm a diehard Doom Patrol fan. 
Right. So I'm guessing that Way is going to take a continuity leap. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to assume that this is, it kind of picks up after the end of the Morrison, that run, and just forgets about the Giffen and all that burn and all that other stuff in between this and that. Oh, well, yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, I would, I, I'm wondering more if it just, I, I kind of assumed it was just going to be like a straight, just new interpretation. There is that too. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, you're, I Cliff you're has, right to say if it's going to draw off something, it's going to be the, the Momo right. stuff. Yeah. She has Cliff's jacket and that's yeah. pretty much, yeah. you know, yeah. standard Morrison garb. For sure. So, um, no, I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, the, just the whole package, the multiple covers, mm-hmm. the Andy Warhol, uh, Velvet Underground, uh, and Nico tribute with the peel off hero on the, on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I liked, I, I appreciated very much was the editorial pages in the back setting up. I want a shirt that says Comics for Dangerous Humans with that illustration on it. Um, but just, just Gerard Way's approach to the series, his, his, uh, um, tip of the hat to Shelley Bond, the editor. It, it was just, it felt, fam- there was a familial air to it. Like, we're just a family here. Come on in, sit down. This is why I made this thing. Um, here's what you can expect to encounter. Uh, this is, this is, how we're approaching it. It's just, it was just great. Great first issue. Jam packed. Got your money's worth. I agree. I'm very excited, uh, at what, at what's to come from, uh, young animal. Right. I think vertigo is going to be a, a bitter, a bittersweet memory after this series, really, after this imprint really digs in. Cause this is what vertigo should have been doing. I agree. Yeah. Not to discount the work of anybody who's currently working at Vertigo Tom King, um, but aside from art ops, those books just aren't clicking with me. And Sheriff. So yeah, I don't want to poop on that. But this was a fantastic first release. How about Sanford killing it? I love that cover. Yeah. Oh, I know. Not a surprise, but he's killing it. The main. They're all really nice. Babs did a great cover, but, you know, they all pale in comparison to the Chippendale. <laughs> That's a given. It's a given, right? It totes adorbs. Totes adorbs. Right. So, you guys, take the com. Take me to somewhere else. Take me to another place. <laughs> Let me understand. Did you get to read anything today, Jason? Oh, I read tons of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> If they can only see this, this, the slack on the last minute. Seriously. Hey. What'd you read, Jason? Hey, it doesn't matter when you read it. As long as you read it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. true. What'd you, what'd you give? Uh, nice. I gave Image a little love this week. Nice. Shocking, I know. I tried to. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I read something by two creators who most recently worked on something I'm pretty sure, if I recall, you were a big fan of, Vince. What's that? But I don't think you would be a fan of this current thing that they're doing together. Oh no, what's the book? Uh you you don't you don't want to guess. 
what came out today? Nope. Oh, it's it's a previous work. It's a collect. It's a trade paperback of the first arc. I don't know. Just tell me. The fix. Oh, Lieber and uh, Spencer. Yes. Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Well, I believe oh. you're a fan of the... Uh, the Love Steve Lieber. Yeah, but were you a fan of the Marvel, foes. Marvel Superior Foes of Spider-Man? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is their follow-up to that, working together. I guess they enjoyed their time working on Superior Foes. And it's got that same cadence, um, you know, the same kind of dialogue and humor. Um, and I will say, I wasn't sure what I was going to get from this because I've generally not been too much of a Nick Spencer fan, but I did enjoy Superior Foes. So I'm happy to say that whatever kind of working relationship he has with Lieber, uh, seems to be, uh, transferable to another work because... I also enjoyed this quite a bit, and uh, and again, I'm going to have to attribute that to uh, to his relationship with Lieber and the chemistry they have together on the page. Um, so the fix is a story of two cops who are uh, not only crooked but downright criminal, and it's a bit of a comedy book, a dark comedy book. Uh, these guys are lamenting how hard it is to be criminals these days because so much is now done electronically hackers money's kept electronically so forth so on and it's very hard to be a good old-fashioned crooked cop these days uh so they resort to having to do things like rob an old age home (laughs) and like they rob an old age home in the first issue and uh of course wearing masks and stuff and then they escape and then they're the they're the detectives that are working the case. Um, but it's a very, very satirical, dark humor look at the police institute or the institution of, of the police because the internal affairs are in on it. The, they cover up for these guys because they're on the take two. And the head of internal affairs is this super quirky guy who, when we're first introduced, he is, the, the detectives are summoned to him, to him, and it's clear from their trepidation that they are uh, fearful of having to meet with him because he's the the boss man. But when we're introduced to him, the guy's got uh, one of those papooses. He's got his baby son on his chest in like a papoose. He's talking about uh, offering them a, a kombucha to drink and talking and had just made fresh kale chips. And he's talking very politely about all these things, very quirky suburban dad but then they're showing flashback scenes to stuff he's done like poking a dude's eye out snapping a guy's neck letting people on fire while they're alive so he's this super strange dude and and the boss and i guess apparently they're in hot water because they owe him money we don't know why we don't know how much and he's also pissed at them for doing a job behind his back which was robbing this uh this uh old age home which they contend they did because they know they owe him money and they're desperate to find a way to pay him back. So he's about to kill them and they essentially beg for their life. And he says, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. I just need you guys to get something through LAX for me. And the problem with that is that there is a 
They said it used to be easy to do that because you just pay pay a couple people off. But for the last few months, that's been impossible because a new cop has been on the job at LAX and has been responsible for more than 600 arrests and is completely incorruptible. And at the end of the first issue, we see who this cop is, and it's it's uh, Peanuts the Beagle. It's a beagle. It's a cop. It's a dog. Um, so they have to figure out a way to ingratiate themselves with this dog so that they can help pull off this deal in LAX and get something in. And the first arc is essentially that, but they're also working cases and they're, te- they're pretty terrible cops and they do horrible things. Like there's this super nice cop that does charity work on the weekends and has a happy marriage and the one guy essentially frames this nice cop for murder in order to get the guy's job. The guy has a side job, which is being security for a, uh, like a Miley Cyrus type celebrity. Cause they're all this, this, uh, these cops are in LA and he essentially frames a dude for murder so that he can take over the gig and get extra money working for this Miley Cyrus chick. And she's a mental patient. And then there's this Hollywood producer who's completely off the rails. I mean, and it's just nasty stuff. Like we're introduced to him. They're having drinks at the bar. He's, he's, he, the first thing we hear him say is, have you ever tasted your own cum? And the cop's like, what? And he starts explaining how he was having sex with this woman. And he was in a strange position where his knees were over his face. And then he was finishing. And then the next thing he knew, he had to swallow his own semen. Uh. And then at first he was gross and he drank a whole <laughs> bottle of like, of, of, of stuff to wash it out and it wasn't washing out, but to, but then he finds himself two weeks later and it's all he can think about. And everything <laughs> he eats now doesn't taste as good without it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Like all super crazy stuff. Um, that's great. And I just think that Lieber, like it, this book, this is one of those books where Lieber's style befits it. And I think a more serious style or more classic style would do this book a horrible injustice. Because it has to be light, it has to be funny, and that's, I think Libra's perfect for that. So, um, really dug it. There's a lot of great comedy about this guy trying to ingratiate, ingratiate himself with Peanuts the dog, because the dog is a great sense of character, and so he hates this guy, because it can tell that he's corrupt. But no one else knows the guy's corrupt, and they're baffled as to why the dog doesn't like him. So, just a lot of funny stuff, and... They're left in even more hot water than they started, and it's an ongoing. Um, I think the act, I think the 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 first issue of the new arc just came out this week. Actually, I haven't read it yet though. Um, but a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, you there's lots of cop you know cop stories out there, a lot of crime books, and this I guess is a crime book, but it's from a vantage of a very different thing, which is a dark comedy, and and uh, they're antagonists. You. You're supposed to root for them, I guess, or like them, but they're horribly deplorable people. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Dap, I mean, you would enjoy it because of the, I mean, the dog is a central character. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I think you might dig on. Now, I'm, I'm presuming that nothing bad ever happens to the dog because <laughs> has happened, but at least to this point, nothing bad has happened to the dog, but, uh. I, and based on previews and, and, just the images for when when the, when the series was first announced, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a period piece based on their clothes and just the way I ah. and the setting and and Lieber's art just for some reason just makes me want 
to read a series set in the 70s. So I, for some reason, I just, I projected that and I thought it was, it was a story set eight years ago, but obviously not. And, and, uh, but no, based on, on you talking it up, I will, cause I, I do like Lieber. I, what I read of Superior Foes, I enjoyed. Um, and I'll, uh, I'm, I'm willing to give Spencer a shot. As I mean, that's the thing. I know it's sometimes a hard sell with him, but I, I think he. This could be one of those times when he's got something going. I'll give it a shot. Do it. Cool. We had homework this week. We did. Mm-hmm. Did you do it, Jason? Jason, I, of course I did. Jason, did you follow up on the assignment uh, for this week? What was the assignment? Omega Men. Up to what point? To the end. All of them. Yes. I think I've got like two thirds of it done. Okay. Because I've read them off the shelf. But. Oh, so you've read it before. Oh, you read them off yeah. the shelf, right? Um, well, David and I have read <laughs> Omega Men, um, the only volume. It collects all 12 issues, subtitled The End Is Here, written by Tom King. With art by Barnaby Begenda, Toby Cypress, Iguara, and Jose Marzan Jr., Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Tom, is it Tomu Mori? Hi-Fi did the color. Do you want to set it up, David, or do you want me to do it? I will let you do it. Okay. Tom Plucks. A chestnut from an old, old issue of, uh, I believe it's Action Comics, maybe? Uh, Stellarium, which is a substance, a uh, naturally occurring substance that can stabilize a planet's core. Would have been real handy to have on Krypton because <laughs> it could have saved them. But um, the only place in the galaxy where you could find this stuff is in the Vegas system. Uh, a lot of unrest in the Vegas system. The Citadel have completely ravaged a planet. How many planets and, make up the Vegas system? Like nine? Seven? Nine? Uh, there, there's, we're going to be talking about the Vegas system a lot this episode because the other thing I read is set in the Vegas system. But... Um, some of the planets in the Vegas system, and there's a nice little text piece in the back, are uh, Ojiptu, which is Primus's planet, uh, Karna, Tigor, Euphorix, Callista, right? Uh, Shangri-La, which is Brute. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Hinks. Is it? Well, we'll you go always, with you always ask questions when I'm drinking, but yeah. Sorry, and uh, Vural, and Vural is the planet that was completely ravaged by the Citadel, and they encased it in a shield, or it was encased in a shield, and they ravaged it, and they, you know, the shield didn't go down. So no one knows what happened on Vural, but the Omega Men know, and they kidnap. The White Lantern, Kyle Rayner, when Kyle entered the Vegas system, he had to surrender his ring 
to the Viceroy because lanterns are not permitted within the Vega system. But he wanted to help because that's the kind of guy Kyle is. He's always there. He just wants to help out. Um, and the Omega Men kidnap Kyle with the uh, purpose of showing him the despicable deeds that the Citadel have wrought and they want him to help them. I think that's all we should pretty much say. <laughs> I know we're friends with Tom and he's a buddy, but I have to say, I have to be completely honest. These 12 issues, it's a masterwork, I think. New York Times bestseller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Aside from the original series, which I will be honest is a favorite of mine, was nowhere near as well written as this. No, this was this was tight, and I don't I don't know if it was set up to be a a standalone twelve issue miniseries. I don't know if if they had to wrap things up sooner. I don't know if he had more stories to tell, or if he was just like, listen, I have twelve issues to tell with these characters, and my favorite Green Lantern, according to Tom, and this is what I'm going to tell. And, right. um, it is, it, it is a really, really good complete package. The art is, is absolutely stunning. And it, and aside from the, the Toby Cypress, if you want to call it a fill-in issue, and the few pages that Iguara pitches in on, in one of the issues, it is pretty much completely Barnaby. Uh, so it, it's, it's consistent throughout. There's, um, there's, I'm c- kind of stunned you like the art so much. Really? Yeah, it's not inked. The majority of it's not inked. You know, it's, it's set in space and these characters look a certain way. It's, it's not set in the real world at all. It, it, based on the physics, it, mm. it, it works. I, I not, I'm not put off I, by that. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. There, there is delineation going on. It, it is inked. Yeah, it's not. It's but, not Ron Garney color pencils. No, but it's not the status quo inking techniques. Right, sure. right. Uh, but again, considering the the package, considering the story, it's. I'm fine with it. It's fitting. Um, yeah. But there isn't. There's no. There's no padding. There's no filler. There's nothing. Mm, there's, I no. mean, you're not, you're, you're really not going to catch your breath. It's, it moves very quick. There are things, you know, pay attention. It's, it's dense, but it's a, um, it's not, it's not tiring and it's not, it, it, it's, you're going to get your money's worth. If you buy, I'm, I'm tempted to get the, um, to get the collection just because it's, it, there, there are so few. I mean, and there are things that happen in here that other writers or even Tom can go back to and pick on and and and, right. and tell other stories with later on down the line. Um, I'm a little pissed that it wasn't a hardcover. Oh, it's not. No, uh, it bums me out. I thought it was. Yeah, it needs to be a hardcover it because, be. like, like you said, it's a complete package. They don't have to publish a subsequent volume. There's only one. Make it a damn hardcover because it warrants it. This series um now tom is a relatively new writer to comics 
but in a very short time he has done some really spectacular work that said if he goes for another 30 years writing comics he is going to be hard pressed to eclipse this in my mind wow because i think i think this story is amazing i think it was it was flawlessly executed by tom and company um because and i'm not surprised because oh tom king i'm so surprised there are the nuances in this story are subtle there is emotional shifts that are imparted to the reader you think you're this character is acting one way and then you see them in a totally different light based on their actions at the moment um and i'm talking about um the princess mm-hmm. she's a very complex character and I, hes- I i hesitate to say this but i think the princess is as despicable as the viceroy agreed and that's where the the, the subtlety comes from she's she purports to be a hero she's going to take away the shackles on this this section of space and and stop the injustices but she's and yes, she's concerned with righting wrongs, but she's also really concerned with herself. Right. And, and, you know, her take on things are not black and white. There is no gray areas abound in this thing. Nothing is pure black or pure white. That's why I loved it because, um, it's, it's a space opera in a sense, but it's, as much about religion and the corrupting influence and the mask that the masks that these people wear under the guise of a higher power all of the the denizens are praise alpha alpha be praised or or thank omega and they're full of shit mm-hmm. they're, they're they're thanking and praising these gods on one hand on the other hand they're destroying the population of an entire planet billions of souls just to get this mineral or this element or whatever it is right. that that they can sell and it's it's it should be subtitled hypocrisy mm-hmm. because the, the thing is riddled with hypocrisy primus is preaches a a, a doctrine of nonviolence and he kills left and right in this thing yeah i was surprised just how violent this book actually is it's true yeah. I mean, it, heads exploding, body parts, be, you know, it's, it, and it's rendered, I mean, it's unabashedly, unabashedly violent. There's really some explicit violence in it. And it's not a mature reader's title. When you see an exploding head, that should automatically guarantee. No, but like, like every, every DC book, whether it's action comics or Deathstroke, it's rated T plus on the cover. Okay. I don't look at that stuff, but I, maybe I should. Um, and the viceroy is a dick. Oh yeah, naturally. But his, but he's not Darth Vader pre prequel. Right, right, right. You know, you know what I mean. He doesn't. He doesn't have one layer of motivation. He yes, he wants this stellarium, but there's there's other things going on, and a lot of the times he's not wrong. He's a villain, but he's not exactly in the wrong in many instances. Sure. So it's th- that's what you're going to encounter in this book. There are subtleties. Nothing is clear-cut. I loved it. 
the this is I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm saying the word but I'm not comparing him. This is Alan Moore level takes uh, a take on the Omega Men. Oh no! There are very there are very few writers that could approach the this property with this level of complexity. I'm sure you know Lemire could do it or Kent could could inject this level, but we're talking Tom King. He's a newbie. And he produces something like this. It's baffling. It's it's so amazing that that he did this. Nine panels for days. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, the um, that's in the zone. It is in the zone. The the Giffen zone. There are there are probably two things that surprise me. I like it. As much as I like it, I, there's there are at least two parts that make me ask myself, you know, really? Uh, one is, what happens to Brute? It won't stick. And the other is Tom's favorite, Green Lantern, being so heavy in the... Uh, in the series, which is, you know, so, so they have a lantern, um, you know, the, the white lantern and, and it's, it's who he is. Um, what? I think it had to be Kyle. Absolutely. I, I'm not, yeah, no, I'm not, it, it had to be. This isn't it's a story where you can put Hal in there. Right, well, yes, even, but, but Kyle is also, the only lantern based on his origins that fits. It, it could not be Guy. Fucking can't no. be Kilowog. It can't be him. Right, there right. is no right. other lantern. Because, that. because Kyle has mastered the spectrum. He has mastered That's the still, spectrum. He got the light ring. He's got his faith and, and he, it, it's, it's because of everything else he's had to overcome. Every other lantern deserves the ring. Every other lantern, it, it's when when the ring finds you, it is because you are worthy. And and Cracker Jack here just stumbled onto the ring, so it's it it, it all fits in it. There's a reason yeah. why he needs to be in the he needs to be the lantern in this story. Right. He didn't deserve the green ring, but he sure as hell deserved the white one. And he wouldn't have had the white unless right. He, so you know, it, it all starts somewhere. And there's no bullshit. Let's be honest. The best Kyle story ever written. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I, I, I thought oh. you were gonna like throw some some old Ron Mars stories or you know, no, the refrigerator. I just that I stuff's just, fun, but great. No, this is a great story. That happens to feature Kyle Rayner. It's the best interpretation <laughs> of Kyle Rayner to date. It, it's a good look at it. Yeah, no, and and even I mean, you get to the but the. You know what? If if you buy this collection and you're reading it, you're like, "Wow, all this politics, this religion, this 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 these wars. This is this is a little bit too heavy." Just get to the last page. I absolutely adore the last page when 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 Kyle is having a conversation and what Kyle's is telling this person as far as uh what he um what he used to do before he ended up with the ring before everything that's yeah. ever happened to him and it is yeah. it it's it's 
that all that is when you get it's exquisite. It is, and and it's, it is. That was a really, that was a really nice finish because I mean, after you get to what happens with our our heroes after the war, after the viceroy is disposed of, after after they everything that they were fighting for, now that it's come to pass, and and it's you know one year later and, and what everybody's been up to since you last saw them. And, and it's not all happy. Uh, when we get to, when we get to Kyle and, uh, and he's being told what, what's going on with, with the princess, uh, the, the and, and scraps who I absolutely love. And, and scraps is great. Is, yeah. Um, Antigua and everybody. And, 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 uh, you know what, what, what this guy needs, from Kyle, it's, uh, the story kind of has to end on it. The story couldn't just end with what the other Omega men were doing. It, it, yeah. it had to end with, with this conversation. There, there are two pages that are absolutely flawless. The one was when Kyle took the blood and altered the Omega symbol. Yeah. That's, that was absolutely perfect. But the, the best page in the entire 12 issues, in my opinion, was when he takes off the cross and throws it on the floor. Uh-huh. And it, and it settles in the middle of the Omega. Yeah. And the blood washes over these symbols yeah. and completely eclipses them. And what does that say to me? That all this religion stuff is bullshit. Mm. The only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is blood. What's real? That is a great freaking page. I, I, I'm, I'm stunned. I would, I, I'm curious to know what, um, what the working relationship was like. How much of this is just, if Tom was like, I, I need, I need these things to happen. Or if Barnaby was like, listen, I, I get where you're coming from. I think we can work. I, I just, I'm curious to know what the give and take was and, and if, if, uh, how, how collaborative the, the work was between the two. Yeah. It's, it's a, an outstanding piece of work on, on multiple levels. Yeah. Just totally glad I waited for the collection. Would have liked a hardcover, but hey, we can't be picky. Yeah, I read the, but the first few issues as it was coming out and then just started to let them pile up. And then when they announced that it was, it was ending at 12. And, but once at that point, and then you said you were going to get the collection, I figured I'd wait. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think based on reading, you know, this cover to cover, I don't think I'd want to see anymore. I think, I think Tom's done. He, he's, he said his piece. He, he crafted a perfect story and we don't need anymore. Somebody else can bring brute back to life. Oh well, spoilers. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> it's war, dude. Somebody's gotta die. You know? I just I was I was kind of sad that it was him, yes. but shit happens. But it was a good sacrifice. He got the key. Yep. Did the impossible. Yes. Yep. Alright. Let's move on. Jason, you have anything to say about the Omega Men? Um no, man. I mean, I, it's been a long time since I read it. I, I read it coming off, so mm. I mean, it uh, it was good, man. I, I don't know. I admittedly, I I I don't 
I'm, I'm just not with you on the idea that it's like Tom's magnum opus. I, I think that, uh, I, I think if anything, uh, Sheriff so far is his best work, but, but again, it's, uh, he's, he's off to an amazing start. So I, it's, it's not, yep. it's nitpicking. Just, uh, I dug it. It makes me, when I was reading it, I, it made me nostalgic and wish that we could get a, uh, a little, a little re, re, reintroduction of the Legion with the periods. Dude. Right? Stop. I know, man. Be awesome. Pushing my button. Legion was awesome, dude. It was an amazing, amazing stuff. So, talk more comics. I want to hear. David. Uh, let's see. Um, I think this might be... Uh, you had to have read the the Deathstroke, right? I did. I, I was trying. I'm stunned that you would read the Deathstroke. <laughs> it does the first thing I read this morning. The the Deathstroke. It was um, continuing the the story that was kicked off in the Rebirth issue. Did you read it, Jason? No, no. Uh, it's still wonderfully written by Priest. Uh, your art is by um, this is this was cool. Uh, pencils are by, uh, Carlo Pagulian still, inks by Jason Paz, but breakdowns, it says here, by Larry Hammer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Is that crazy? It is crazy. It is crazy. So, Deathstroke is, uh, Slade's trying to find out who who set him, who, well, more specifically, who set Wintergreen him up? Who, because Wintergreen was captured and, and Slade went to rescue him. Um, there are only, there are very few people who knew what, uh, what everybody was up to. And, and so they're, they're going through the team to find out who talked. Um, uh, leading up to that with the present day stuff, we're flashing back to, uh, Slade's shambles of a marriage and, uh, Adeline is, uh, going out to look for her, um, to look for Slate. And, uh, so she's leaving, she's leaving Joseph in the house telling, um, you know, and, and tell Grant to, to watch you. Um, Joey decides to throw a party. Adeline comes home. And sees the house is in shambles, um, which you would think would be would have happened after a party, but you would also think that the kids would know to clean up. But before she, <laughs> yeah, kids clean <laughs> I know. up. Okay, and, well, you want to make sure you know you want the parents to know. You know, you want to fill the gin bottles with water so everybody looks like you know no no alcohol was. So you have um, there's there's a uh, there's red paint on the wall spelling out. Call me Deathstroke. And there is a hunting knife, um, a Bowie knife in the wall attached to a picture of Joey with tears streaming down his face. Uh, basically letting everybody know I have your kid. So what I love about this particular issue with the, this is, this is the second issue. So. Priest has given us three issues of, of this new, of this new Deathstroke. We are now 
entering one of my favorite spots in, in, uh, Deathstroke history. And that is when, um, when Joe Wilson became mute and, uh, and when Slade Wilson lost his eye and they're very quick happening in the old new Teen Titan series. When, when we got Jericho's origin and when, uh, we got a little bit more in Deathstroke's origin, these are all, these all happened very quickly, but they're still, there are specific panels and, and issues from that entire run from Wolfman and Perez that, that really just instantly bring back a flood of memories. And, and those are definitely two moments because that whole, the, the whole Judas contract is probably, um, uh, I've said before, it, it's, it's a top five for me. So it's anything that has to do with that story and those characters. Just, um, I have a, a, an attachment to. So you have as, as Wintergreen and, and Slater trying to find out who, who sold them up the river. Uh, there's the mystery is going on. We get some more, uh, clues it with Slade's past when, uh, Frederick, one of the, one of the dudes in their party, who's now a bartender, he, um, he goes to Cambodia to, uh, to rescue a friend of the crew. Uh, they basically walk into a pleasure palace, but now there's some, uh, uh, a, a gang has kind of let their presence known. And while they're, uh, they're threatening our heroes, they're being taken out one by one. There's a whole, there's chaos ensues and, and everybody's running around. Shots are being fired. Uh, Frederick, the bartender that went to green goes to talk to in the present day, gets shot in the gut by a, um, by a 10 year old girl with silver hair. I wonder who that can be. Yeah. Especially in Cambodia of all places. Where else would you find somebody with silver hair, uh, that young? But, uh, good place for a holiday. That is, that's probably Cambodia. true. So, uh, went to green is trying to find out, you know, he, she's, uh, he, he, he disarms her so she doesn't keep firing on, on people as they approach. But, uh, he's also shooting, um, Throwing Slade some shade because obviously Slade's been dipping his wick in other places that aren't home. So, uh, yeah, we, we find out who's been doing the talking. We, um, we have Deathstroke fight Dr. Icon briefly. And, and that's, if, if that's the one thing I'm not real keen on is this Icon suit that Deathstroke is sporting in these, uh, in these early issues. It, it, it enhances his, his abilities and there's a, um, it's, you know, it, it absorbs, uh, impact and, and it, it, it's great, but I mean, Slate is already kind of, uh, he's enhanced enough. He's got the speed. He's got the agility. He can heal quickly. Um, but I just kind of miss the, the chain mail, the buccaneer boots, the, the traditional, like the, the way I picture Deathstroke in any event, 
when we get to the end of the story in this issue, uh, Wintergreen is still piecing together clues. He, uh, he finds out that someone has been hacking Slade's emails and they're just going through everything, you know, old job offers, expired contracts. And, um, one thing that is most interesting, according to Wintergreen is the, uh, is, is a contract, a termination contract, no less on the Ravager who also happens to have silver hair. So that last page, yo. So yeah, we, um, (laughs) it's, and, and that, the next next issue titled Family Affair because and I'm I I don't think and and by all means tell me if he has appeared I do not think uh the boy who would be Jericho has shown up in the new fifty two at all and and uh if this is his introduction uh I curious to see how that plays out since we've we're we're getting we're getting the Joey and Grant we're getting a little bit of their early days in in these in these first few issues of Deathstroke. So, uh, and we've seen Ravager, although I don't think she's she, she wasn't referred to by her name in this issue. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to become like the the anti Batman where it's Slade and his brood and and everybody's killing everybody. But it it's uh, it there are lines in this this issue, especially in this issue. Uh, that just, if, if you thought you weren't feeling it, if, if, if you thought, you know, you're, you're going to give, you know, maybe, maybe you were thinking that, well, Priest might just need to get a couple issues in to, you know, get, get that, that mojo back. But there were some witty lines and I love the dialogue in this issue, especially when, uh, once Slade is talking to, uh, Dr. Icon, it is, it's, it was a, I think of the three issues so far, this was the most lighthearted, even though there's a, there's <laughs> a hammer to the forehead. Wow. Uh, Throats cut, bullets to the brain, hammer to the forehead. Well, he's not leaving his kids in, Broken in the woods. Bottle to the, yeah. yeah just to the neck. But no, I, as far as the conversations people were having and, and when you're staring down a gun and when you've had, when you've lived your life on, uh, pointing a gun at other people i guess you gotta have to take the levity where you can and there were yeah. um yeah i wintergreen is still he's always been a uh he never felt like a, a hanger on or or you know the he never felt like alfred or he 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 was more he knew he knew where the bodies were buried because he helped Slade bury the bodies. And, and, you know, he's the, the writer die and they are just when, when Wintergreen shows up, it's without Wintergreen, Slade just really isn't himself. It's not, it's not really Deathstroke if, if he doesn't have. That's what I'm saying about microchip. You're right. That's what I'm saying. But he's, but see, with, with Deathstroke, once, You've kind of, we didn't, we may not have seen Wintergreen on the first panel when we see Deathstroke, but Wintergreen's always been, from the beginning, he was part of Deathstroke's early days. Uh, Microchip showed up in, 
in the eighties, you know, we we had Punisher for a bunch of years before he he needed the the sidekick like that. So I yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But you're no, there's something very romantic about the one man war. Um, but every soldier needs intel. Absolutely. You know, you know, they can't do it all by themselves. Oh. That's why I thought Microchip was a great addition to the Punisher story. Just like, you know, Wintergreen with, with Deathstroke. But Microchip might make Frank a little bit more human. There's no right, way right, right. really going to make. And cause, cause with, with, with Slade, it's, it's all about the money. You pay me, I'll take him out. Death, Frank is just like, listen, you, you're a rapist. You're a drug dealer. You're that jaywalk. Dead. It's, you know, it's, it, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna die. You're dead. Wintergreen also makes your breath smell very nice. It, it can, yes, it can. <laughs> Cool. It's shaping up to be a great series. I'm loving it. Yeah. And I'm going to tell him that. You should. You mean when we have him on the show? Yeah, don't tip your hat. Or maybe at New York Comic Con even. How about that? Live from the hotel room. Always on. Vince. If we had a hotel. Yes. You're right. You're right. Oh, Oh, boy. I like that. Starting off good. Strong. What's up? I and Holden read this week from cover to cover your book from last week that you touted so much, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice. It was awesome, dude. You said it all last last week, man. It was, uh, I ordered it while we were recording after you were praising it. And, uh, first of all, let me say the part I was most suspicious of that you were 100% right, is Freddie Williams' art. Love it. Let me tell you something. This looks nothing like what he was dropping on DC for a while. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm assuming, I mean, it's a very, very stylized indie look. I'm assuming that's on purpose. Like, it, like I'm, I'm imagining this, he, he crafted the art to fit this book, right? Well, he's been doing this kind of stuff... For a while. But this, like, um, really exaggerated anatomy and everything? Like, that kind of... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was he doing that? With, wait, was he just doing the covers for X, or was he doing the interiors? He did a book um, for Legendary called The uh, Infinite Adventures of Jonas Quantum. Okay. And there's a lot of the style of this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman in there, mm-hmm. not the textural approach, mm-hmm. but with the figure work, they're similar. Got it. And this, uh, the the quantum thing came out in 2015, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I mean, the book, no matter what, it was it was entertaining up to this point, but 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 once you get to the point where all the DC villains are, yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. It's bonkers, right? <laughs> It's bonkers. I'm so glad you liked it. I mean, and and it was interesting choices for some of the from the morphing, right? Like, like Bane as an elephant makes all the sense in the world, right? Sure, that makes sense. Sure, but Penguin is a macaw, (laughs) right? Like that's kind of crazy. Mad Hatter as a hare makes all the sense in the world. Poison Ivy as a uh, praying mantis, interesting choice. Um, they do kill and eat. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Scarecrow as a vulture. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't figure out what Harley Quinn's supposed to be. 
Some kind of cat, right? I, I think a hyena. I was thinking oh, maybe. Hyena. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Renee had a, um, damn, she said, uh, she said it in the car yesterday too. I'll have to ask her again. But anyway, who, who she, who she thought Harley should have ended up becoming, but I digress. Uh, but no, it was, man, this is just, it was hella good. Even with Damien in it. Yeah. I, I thought he worked. He did? Yeah. He did. He did. He did. Yep. He, he's not too far, um, removed from Raphael. They both have the same attitudes. Mm, no, don't know no. if I see that, but. Yeah. But. They're naysayers. True. They don't think. They, uh, yes, but, but Damien, doesn't learn. They, right. Like and he, and he always dude thinks that you right. know has got a heart of gold. Right. He's still your brother. He's got your back. You're going to yeah. have his back. Damien's like, right. Like, bitch. fuck you. I'm right. right. Well, he's also younger a little bit. True, true. And, uh, so he does, he doesn't fix. He does, first of all, he doesn't realize he's got a bad outlook. So he can't fix it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Raphael will acquiesce when he knows he's wrong. That's that's the difference, but the right. temperament is kind of the same, right? Great series, yeah, absolutely, absolutely great. So you're going to be down for the He-Man Thundercats? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little blowback from that uh, opinion uh, last episode. Uh, well, because listen, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> like He-Man, so they're they're not comfortable confronting what that may say, <laughs> which is all good. Uh-uh. You're dirty. Dirty, dirty. <laughs> dirty man. I read something else. Of course you did. Did this is yeah. you read? I don't uh, think so. Maybe. Maybe. I, I think David read um later issues of this series mm-hmm. than I, but this is the first trade paperback of this um series. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. It was written by Jeff Lemire. Oh, I've read it. Yeah. Illustrated by Mike McCone and Timothy Green the second. You got inks by Cam Smith, Dexter Vines, Guillermo Ortego, Joel Silver. Um, color art by Jeremy Cox, who is showing up in our show notes a lot. He must be getting up to Jordi Belair level in the amount of work mm. he's doing. And uh Andrew Dahlhouse. It is Justice League United. Oh yeah. Volume yeah, yeah. One. Justice League Canada. Have you read this? Uh, yeah, like the first two issues. Okay. So I got you, the rest you're... though. They're in the regime. I gotta say, I forgot that it was New 52. Yeah. Yeah. Until the characters didn't recognize Adam Strange. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? How could you not know Adam Strange? Like, at this point in the story, Adam Strange has never ridden the, the Zeta Beam. You know, mm-hmm. he he shows up at a at a signing in Canada where Stargirl and Animal Man are appearing and he confronts them with a problem he's having. Um, it all stems from a war again in the Vegas system. Interplanetary war. Uh, not only the Vega system, but the Polaris system too. Uh, you have Thanagar involved in this. Uh oh. Uh, Zarnia. Well, the new 52 Zarnia, mm. anyway. Uh, Scion, Tamaran are 
birthplace of our delicious starfire. The dominators are involved in this. We don't see them, but they're involved in the war and the, the demonites. And at the center of the whole thing is Ran. Mortal enemies to, to Thanagar. Um, and Ran is the Switzerland of this part of the universe. They're just trying to non, non partial. They're trying to keep the peace. Um, and there's a momentary ceasefire for whatever reason. And Ganthet of Ran devises a plan to possibly unite the worlds under one banner or one entity. In this case, a child. See, he wants to get DNA samples from all of the beings of the known worlds and create an organism that would be child of all. And maybe the planets will rally around this child and start, stop killing and, and just see that, you know, this is a product of all of us. We're all united in this. We can, we can put down the guns for a little while and, and act like, you know, I don't want to say human beings, but don't be savages. And the project was called the Ultra Project, which Lemire plucks another chestnut from DC continuity. It's actually Ultra the Multi-Alien that appeared way back in, in Mystery in Space. Mystery in Space was the, the home base of Adam Strange. So it, it fits, right? So um, because of their teleportation beams... Ran can establish research installations on planets across the universe. One of these research installations is on Earth, and it's located in Canada. That's how it worked. So Adam Strange brings Animal Man and Stargirl and Martian Manhunter, who, judging by his chess symbol, really, really likes Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> A whole lot. And the installation is uncovered. And the beam starts flipping and they're on, um, they're millions and millions of miles away on Ran. And it, it's a great story, but the, the real selling point for me was, and this may be strange to David because I'm not particularly keen on this character. It's Green Arrow and Animal Man. They're like the blue and gold yeah. of, of Justice League United. They're throwing digs at each other left and right. Oh, why don't you turn into a raccoon and save us? You know, or an animal man, a buddy will say, don't you have a teleportation arrow in your quiver? You got everything else. Or really, dude, foam? You're shooting a foam arrow? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's it's really, it's fun to see these two characters play off each other. Um, Stargirl, she's still a kid. She's wide-eyed and like, gosh, golly. You know, I... and. Sorry, they don't even form the league. <coughs> Boy, you alright? Gonna be a spit. They don't even <clears throat> form the league. There's a death in this series. And they rally around this character's death. And it pissed me off. Because there's one character they seem to use as the clay pigeon. In a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. And it's this character. I'm not going to say which character. You should read this book because it's, it's, it's worth the endeavor. But there's a lot of... I know Lemire's just playing because he's got to play in this new 52 sandbox. But Phobo, 
that's the fake new 52 Lobo. Right. <laughs> would never, ever be able to take out Hawkman. It ain't happening. He rips off Hawkman's, he, he cuts off Hawkman's arm at one point. And Hawkman is out of the game. Like seriously, Lobo taking out Hawkman, it ain't happening. This, this Lobo is a joke. Do you agree? Most oh, definitely. I, oh, almost yeah, it's a total joke. Um, and the nth metal regrows the arm, which is cool. And, and Hawkman goes on to fulfill another role in the story. Um, but we get another new hero called Equinox. She's a Canadian girl named, uh, Miabin Martin. I like this character a lot. There's a, there's a little bit of a Shazam vibe going on. She has a keyword that was handed down. She's, she's a member of the seven. Um, these are elemental guardians of Canada and she gets her power from the land and she says this word and she turns, she transforms into Equinox. Great character. Haven't seen enough of her yet, but I mean, there's a little bit, there's an origin story at the tail end of this series or trade paperback, which is great, but I want to see more. I have the two subsequent trades on order. I like this series a lot. It threw me a bit when they didn't know who Adam Strange was. And he didn't know what the Zeta Beam was. And he's never been to Ran. But events of the story strand him on Ran. He's stranded. And Adam Strange belongs on Ran. Right? Yes. So I don't think we've seen the majority of these characters in Rebirth yet. I'm interested to see how they're going to approach not only um, Adam Strange, but the Legion, because Monel pops up at the end of this trade. And I know there's a whole Legion story in trade number two, which I can't wait to read. Yeah, that's that's really the only Justice League United story that uh, that I read was the one with the um, with the Legion. I can usually take or leave Mike McCone. I'm not saying his art doesn't please me. It does. But there are times, like on the Spider-Man stuff, I thought his lines were way too thin. Okay. And his work just has a wispy quality to it. But there's not that much of of that here. Could be the inkers. I don't know. Hurts my heart, but okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I I like McCone, but I just don't, you know... To be honest, I like um, the art on uh, what issue is this? Doesn't matter. Um, I like Timothy Green. Oh, his art yeah, better yeah. than McCone. Like there's a there's a Green full page kick ass art on the uh, Annihilation miniseries. Yep. Yeah, and there's a when they see the bounty hunters, when they walk into the, and, and Green does this extremely varied assemblage of bounty hunters. It is an awesome, awesome page. Um, but no, th- this, this series scratched a lot of itches. Love Buddy. Always have loved Animal Man. And to see him in the setting of actually being in the Justice League, that works for me. I like Stargirl. Don't love her. You know, Super Supergirl is great. 
she's a little bitchy in this story. She's a little, a little bit of an attitude. Like she, she put Stargirl in her place. Like she's, you know, you gotta stop being so wide-eyed. You're in the Justice League. Act like it. And Stargirl's just like, you know, she wears her heart on her sleeve. She right. doesn't know any better. But so, no, but it's a great, great series. I'm glad I, I bought the whole thing. I am too. Yeah, it's good. Eager to read more. Eager is good. What else do we have? I'm not done. I'm not ready to go home yet. You've never, oh, you've got a never-ending cornucopia of comics to discuss. Truth. I um, I don't know that you guys are keeping up with this one, but uh, but uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I have, didn't read the new one. Yeah, but... the second issue came out today. I didn't read it yet. I read I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I, uh, I'm not sure if I love the retcon of Huntress not having any relationship with them. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I do dig the, the chemistry between Barbara and Dinah. Um, and there's a snake villain you can love. There is a snake villain, absolutely. <laughs> He's a transplant. So I dig Rose Art quite a bit. Um, fan of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm down with it so far. It's been fun. I, um, you know, it's a genuine arc. So we're not. I would say it's it's a it's a little deliberate in its pacing. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm aboard because I, I I like the cartooning a lot. And I like the characterizations of Donna and Barbara, so it's uh, it's really all I can ask. And, and we got some some pretty cool uh, some pretty cool villains here at the end of issue number two. So I can't wait to see them do battle. I like uh, Rose's work as well, mm-hmm. but I think there's a what about Wade a- Roe versus Wade. Which do you prefer? Uh, <laughs> no, I think there's a harshness. Especially to Dinah, that yes. it, it just it it throws me a little. She's because, a little punk rock in this. That bothers you. Yeah, yeah. Especially, and then if you if you follow that up with with an issue of Green Arrow, it's like she's really not the same character. Yeah. Agreed there. Well, and I would argue that the Batgirl is a different character than we're getting in Bat in Batgirl. Yeah, who's on walkabout but, and is right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm chalking that up to just it being a different time. It's not. Happening at the, I, I, I'm Batgirl, the Batgirl proper with, with, right. with the Albuquerque yard. I'm, I'm that, that's that's the past, and and what's happening in Birds of Prey is is the present. I, I don't, there's nothing concrete. I don't have a timeline or anything. That's just my feeling on it. So she hasn't gotten to her um her Birds of Prey attitude yet. Sure, personality. Yeah, like this one page where Dinah says that and deodorant. Where she's leaning on the on Barbara's chair, mm-hmm. that's very harsh depiction of of Dinah. And even the panel, even the panel above it. Argue that that's true. You know, she's kind of hawkish. She's she's too angular mm-hmm. and and ripped. I don't, I don't know. I, I my like take from the mutant from the yeah exactly exactly. My take on Dinah is more. I don't want to say feminine, more. Curvy, mm-hmm. 
and and less defined and and a little on the softer side, sure. like Otto like Otto Schmitz. Oh Schmidt, yeah. yeah. But I'm not saying it's bad. I like it. It's just that it's a different take yeah. than, than what, yeah. I, what I expected. Different doesn't automatically equate bad to right. me. I can, I can deal with this. Sure. You know, it's fine. Nice Batman, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. But, uh, no, I mean, I dug it. I don't know. I, it's, uh, I'm, I'm digging the, I'm digging the female books right now on the DC. For the- oh, yeah. 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 Well, have, it used to be great. Yes. I, I don't, um, it's weird. I'll, I'll, I'm like, oh, okay. And the issue of Wonder Woman's out. And then I have to think, okay, is this year one or is it the present day? And then I just, it's, I, I dig the idea of the alternating arcs and it's, you know, if you want to read the origin, just read this every two weeks. But since it's not the only book I'm reading and if I do let a couple of issues stack up, it, I can either read the arc in order or I can read them chronologically as far as the number, as far as the issue numbers go. And, and then it's just, it's, it's just all psychosomatic anyway. It's just, but it, it is not as much as I love the idea. It kind of kills the flow story wise for me as far as breaking things up that way. Mm-hmm. And I have, um, I have Supergirl number one to finish because Vince mentioned it. And, uh, I did start though, Superwoman number two, which, which also came out. But one of today's new books that I read that, um, I, based on how much Vince and I and, and well, I, all of us because of the, the Barrows art, but we've all been pretty much grooving on Detective Comics. And oh, was, uh, the, the, yeah, you had an issue with, you had an issue with this issue. I did. Uh oh. I haven't read and it. I'm yet, not, so I'm curious. No, so I'm not, I, I, I want, I want everybody to read it because it's, it right. absolutely could just be me and, and I'm alone that I have no problem with that. But when, when you've been writing a rocking, storyline and mm-hmm. and setting up this amazing getting the gang together getting the band together having them go up against this this really formidable opponent and you know i have i like you know, it with that woman i know butt. enough of <laughs> Whoa, wait what was that big butts and i cannot lie <laughs> it's true <laughs> um there i I, see, that's good. That's good. Sorry. That's okay. At least you're not choking. So the, uh, the, the, um, I like most of the team Batman has assembled. Who don't you like? I, the only two that I really don't know a ton about, and that's, and that's Orphan, because I wasn't reading that Batgirl series. Right, right. And, and I, I like Batwoman, I just haven't read everything she's been in. So I, I just, I know that she is a really strong and, uh, beloved character. I just haven't read enough about her to be like, Oh, that's geez. That everything I, I want in, in my Batman book. I don't, I'm not there yet, but I, I see why, you know, he would pick her to lead this team and, and, and 
their history together. And, and so it, it's all good. I just, you know, I, Clayface makes me laugh. I, I think he's a great addition. And, and of all, all the Robins, um, Tim Drake is probably the one that owns that character. Uh, so I, I like the gang that, uh, that Batman assembled. So something happens to one of them in this issue. And it's, it's a really, it's a, it, it's an amazing moment. It's, it's, it can really kind of knock you back a bit and, and it's a bit of a gut punch. And you turn the page and, and everything is like, huh, okay. And then you get to the end of the issue and you're like, well, that just completely took any emotional impact I felt half an issue ago away. So it's, but again, it's everybody else could just be like, what? Did you actually think he would die? No, no, no. Okay. However, do that again. Let's, let's play it up again. Did you well, actually think he would die? No. But. However. However. It, it's, the way, you don't, you don't have to think a character is going to die. And it is comics. You know, hey, I got better and, and everything's great and, and, you know, now you're back. But to bring a character back that quickly, but to also, you've kind of, when Batman's the world's greatest detective, and he shows up on the scene, and you're like, so really, you're gonna, you're just taking that at face value, and you're not, you're not asking questions, and, and, like, so, so that happened, you're not even like gonna, there's no, even Batman doesn't find a body. And you're like, so that's it? So, okay, I'm going to move. There was a, an accompanying piece of material there that would lend him to believe that that person is no more, right? The, the thing the person, that he picked the, up. The person's accessory. So, so, so. But there's, there's blood on it. Right. So you think, so, so the, it can, dis- it can disintegrate, it can disintegrate a person. But it's going to leave that person's weapon with no, with no trace of that character's body anywhere on, on site. Maybe the person that left it there has a reason for leaving it there. Well, yes, but why would you not, if, if, if you're supposed to think this character is dead, why would you, I mean, he picks up, he picks up that, that, that weapon as if he was picking up Jason Todd's body after Joker hit him yeah. with a crowbar. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, it was, it was, Batman's all <laughs> and shit. Like, not again. So, no, but it was just, it was, it was like, this kid's fast. Damn it. Um, Let me another. No, it just, it, it's, that was, whereas it would have been a really wow. That's, if he had, if he had found something that would make the reader think, wow, that was a sacrifice. Then, but I mean, there was nothing there, and I just I can't. Yes, there was the weapon there, but I mean, aside from that, there's just that's if it. So Batman doesn't see a body; they dead. I don't. How do you? How do you get that? 
where's I don't know how you make that connection. It's why would you Mom. not? And yes, I know it was later when he went to go console everybody who had to console, and and we don't know how long he was on at at the site. So you know, it may have been a few yeah, hours. Eddie Barrow's spoiler is exquisite. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice hug. Yeah, um, but it was Lash. it was oh. it was a yes, I saw that too. The um, but then you know if if they had not given us those last couple of pages and and maybe played that out a bit and and so this way we we could be like oh yay because now now we're gonna have this crossover which I'm fine with because I'm reading all the bat books anyway but you know instead of showing us this they, they instead of showing their hand this soon this early they could have waited until after the crossover and then when the time was right to be like hey that character you thought was dead they ain't and, and yeah, it's yeah. you know so um it just it the what should have been a really heavy and an oh shit moment was was just kind of lessened for me a bit as as the issue went on that's okay but everybody I'm else sure. would be like wow that was that was impactful and and kudos to the creative team and i mean and barrows did an amazing job it that which is why it hurts to to not be like, wow, I, I think this was an amazing issue. And, and he, he captured that moment beautifully and he, and he captured the, the consoling and, and, but it was, um, yeah, the anguish on Kathy, Cassie's face is just amazing. Yeah. Nice, ni- nicely yeah. rendered. I gotta say though, I'm a little bit perturbed that no credits are given for the painted images. Is I, that Barrows as well? Yeah, Cause he's been doing it in a couple of, a uh, couple of the, uh, issues. That first one where it says above Gotham, Colony Airship Alpha. Yeah. On the, does on the that screen. not look like text paint at that? <laughs> it does. It looks like a text image. And then the, the one where, um, he's in profile on the, the double page spread, that looks like text as well. So, I mean, good going on you, Eddie. Yeah. No, he's, and he, there was, if not the previous issue, the issue before, but, for each of the characters, there was at least one panel where he he painted everybody at least once. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm very appreciative for is the fact that they are using this person who we previously saw in Action Comics uh-huh. and in the Rebirth special in other books as well. He's a player. Does he crush a lot? <laughs> you're so white so the uh um yeah but but it, it's it's amazing how you don't see um uh, i guess this is a different wing where, where he's not keeping doomsday now you spoilers she's in the i gotta off. Yeah. yeah i gotta wonder does he actually think that he's going to be able to control doomsday and tim well oh spoilers <laughs> Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> sorry. Oh, shit. Rewind that. If you didn't read Detective, oh, fuck. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My big bad. No, really. What what does he hope to gain? What what is this deal? These are, I, all, I, these are all all threads. These are all characters so far. These two are um, well, at least what he tells to this character is that you know you're. You're so loved, you'll be missed that we need to 
we need to get everybody thinking straight. We, we, I, I need them to be on my page and, and you're a distraction. So, uh, now that you're. Yeah, but that doesn't playing. entirely make sense because he's the one who unleashed Doomsday. So if you're trying to make people concentrate, releasing Doomsday is not the way to do it. Did he? Yeah. Huh. Right? Didn't he, um, didn't Doomsday come from a container? Right, but I didn't, I didn't realize it was, it was Oz's container. It's true. Okay. There's no, I don't think there was any information because that why would he was. so keen on, on capturing him if you never had him to begin with? Just putting him back in the box. Yeah. I don't know. Then he was, but it's cool to think about it though, right? Yeah. This is shaping up to be a nice little subplot that's trailing through these DC books. Mm-hmm. Like, what does Oz want? How much does he know? What What is he capable of? If you're capable of capturing Doomsday and keeping him under under wraps for whenever you may need him for whatever purpose, that's some that's some power right there. You know, it, it, capturing Tim is nothing compared to capturing Doomsday. And that, and and when I get to the when when I see that you know he's captured and and he materializes and in his new home, I go back to the barrage of, of fire being unleashed and I'm like, okay, so does, so none of the bullets hit him. And it's just, so, I mean, I, I get it. Oz was able to make it look like, you know, it, he disintegrated by, by teleporting him away, but it's still, you know, I'm, it still baffles me that even, it, 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 like, even with napalm, you're telling me there's absolutely nothing left. To the, yeah. the, there's no DNA evidence that anybody was ever there. Right. That's that's what what I was thinking. Like Batman wouldn't test that blood on the staff. To I mean, make why, sure it was why not? Empty. Why not Oz send a dupe? Why not Oz just you know put throw yeah. a oxy there and be like, yeah, okay, now he's dead, and and you know that's the one you're going to bury. And, and right. So we all think right. the character's dead. Let's just take a step back, just for one second, and just realize for the past what ten episodes. Maybe we've been talking these DC books up. The realization still stuns me that the majority of the books DC publishes these days are good. What the hell universe are we uh, living in? No, serious. We could not say this it's like six years a couple of months ago. I know. And, and I think this is a major, major accomplishment. On, on DC's part. Pretty, I had absolutely, strong, yeah, I had absolutely zero consideration for DC before this rebirth thing. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. As is borne out in the, the show notes for the past, what, five years. Yeah. So, and all of a sudden, boom. Uh, do you kicking. think it's intentional that Liam Sharp draws Urza Katarga to look like Swamp Thing? What issue of Wonder Woman are you talking about? Oh, all of them. Every all the sharp issues. Um, you know, Urskatarga, the the plant god that gives Cheetah her powers. That's in the yeah. Planet. But he draws it to look like Swamp Thing with a with like a, a horned crown on his head. Right. But I don't know if it's just I, because Urskatarga is also a plant god, and so like it's coincidence, or he's trying no, to it imply can't that it. No, it can't be. It, it's the Parliament of Trees. It can't be a coincidence. If, it, if all the power comes from the green and Swamp Thing is the Lord of the Green, let's just say, why wouldn't 
he yeah. resemble? Like, remember when Alan Moore did the Parliament of Trees? They all have that yeah, but, swamp swamp thing look to them. Right, I guess what I'm saying, but number one, though, Urs Cartaga is not a new concept and has never looked like this before. Well, they're putting their spin on it. That's what I'm the, saying. The, and, and, and No, I think it's in, entirely intentional. Okay. Yeah, I can yeah. tend to agree with you. Yeah. It's great stuff, right? Oh, of course. They're looking like Oliver Queen. That's true, too. That's true, Neat. too. I do like the Minerva be hot, yo. Oh, <laughs> sure. Minerva her. <laughs> ah, you're funny. Jason, you have anything else before we bring this, uh, Why, bring it up? You wrap it up? I'm never in a hurry. I will talk forever hmm. on comics. This is my fun, my happy fun time. Yes. Uh, been, been, been doing the, doing the saga dance, but I don't want to really get into that yet until. We're ready to talk about some some more complete vision of the series. Well, if David has read it, why stop? No, no, I'm uh, I haven't gone back and skimmed. I'm up to like issue twenty nine or so. So I mean, I uh, reading those as as new issues. I I haven't reread anything because I um when it was coming out, we were all loving it. We we the, the the arc where they went to go talk to the uh, the author of her favorite book, and, right. and then but there was there was a there was one arc where it kind of she became down a bit. She became a drug addict, right? And right, yeah, and and, and yeah. the acting thing, and then and then uh, there was the big uh, oh my god, is it really going to happen? With, with that one cliffhanger issue with uh, I think the um, where. The baby was telling the story and something about how, uh, parents not being together. It was just, but it was, there were different, there were parts as, as each issue was coming out. It was like, I can, I'm not socket out, but I need a little bit of a breather. So, um, and yeah, and I didn't realize that the breather was long enough where it's been at least 10 issues since I read it. So, I'll, I'll get current and then, uh, I'll, I'll skim some of the, uh, yeah, some of the really earlier issues just in case anything that, uh, anything that I had forgotten about. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, all the, uh, all the, um, all the main pieces are still there. I mean, I know that, you know, Dengo stole the, the royal baby and, and of course, uh, the prince. Is an addict, and you know. So I mean, I, I know where everybody is. Um, there are just other things that uh, I need to refresh my memory on. Uh, what else? Anybody current on Afterlife with Archie? No. Uh, current. Uh, I, I mean, um, what what issue would that be? Ten. No. Oh man, it's a. Um, interstitial issue. Okay. That focuses on, uh, Josie and the Pussycats. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, let's just say that Josie is a lot older than she appears. Oh, nice. It's crazy. She's a succubus? Mm, Nope. No. Nope. 
No. Okay. Yeah, you need to read it. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. I got the Jim Ballant cover. Oof, of course. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Betty and Veronica are, are dressed as uh, Riverdale cheerleaders, and, you know, their their clothing is appropriately torn, and there's all zombie uh, cheerleaders around them. Oh. Zombie. 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 Great stuff. Mm-hmm. I do I do love Jim Ballant. You Ballant, do. Everyone I, I love him. That is true. You do, son. So what else we have? Anything? Uh, let's see. There was... Um... You guys really got to get caught up on Afterlife. Seriously. Fine, so will. many things we caught up on, bro. No, there, there's a revelation in, in issue, I believe, nine, or maybe it happened at the end of eight, that just... Wow. I'm surprised you weren't spoiled yet. I don't read comic news forms of any type anymore. Good. I honestly have no idea. I I haven't, can't remember the last time I went to that site that shall not be named or Comic Speed or any of those. I just don't, I just don't see any of them anymore. Cool. I can't say any more without spoiling it. Please get caught up. All right. We'll do our best. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're adorbs. All right, I guess we can we can do the rapidy rap if that's all we got. I mean, light week. Not really. <sighs> okay, Omega <laughs> Man. The uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm in your travels, which is not a DC book, so I'm saving it for in your travels. I'm so not just even... break things up, but that was, I mean, aside from the stuff that came out today, and then just catching up, I'm making sure I finished Omega Man. Catching up on Sog. I was surprised I read the new books today that I did read, so. You put effort behind it. See, that's the thing. Yeah, but what did I sacrifice to do that? It's alright. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Sacrifices must be made. And you know where you don't have to sacrifice? Right. Discount comic service dcbservice.com because they will get you your comics and get them to you at the absolute lowest price possible. It's true. Delivered right to your door. The specials this month, three of them anyway, from Image, AD, After Death, Book One, Jeff Lemire, Scott Snyder, Can't Go Wrong, two ninety nine cover price, massive issue. Dark Horse, Department H, Hardcover, Volume One, Pressure, Matt Kint, Nine ninety nine people, and from Valiant, Savage number one, get in on the ground floor of this series by B. Clay Moore, Clayton Henry, and Louis La Rosa. It'll cost you a dollar ninety nine in your travels. I read the second volume of a manga I touted on a previous episode. This is called Hour of the Zombie. By Sukasa Saimura. Remember um, the zombie contagion comes and goes in this book. What is normal high school students at one instance will turn into a guts-hungry zombie the next. They're trapped in the school and uh, Akira 
and company finally find out there is a progression type 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 to <laughs> to the zombie epidemic there's a regular interval to this thing and now they can plan their their moves they they can approximate when the student body is going to turn and the the, the most unsettling thing about this book is that the wounds that these kids incur when they're zombies don't go away when they turn back to human. So you have kids walking around with half a face, um, eyes hanging out, you know, body parts lopped off or covered in blood, and they have no recollection of anything they've done when when they turn. It's a really cool series. Like there's a lot to think about in this book. Um friendships are strained because how do you deal with your best friend who's just chomping on, you know, another one of your friends? Are they still your friend even though they're gonna turn human? Does it undo the violence they they perpetrate on each other when they turn no. These these things happen and um there are cliques that have formed within the high school it, it's i think it's a really fun book uh it's well, fun y- your interpretation of fun may be different than mine um it's from seven seas entertainment who previously were on our poop list for publishing some really bad manga uh this is this is not that this is really good stuff um the the artwork is very clean, uh, except when the zombie contagion erupts. Then it's um, very gritty, very dirty, um, and very explicit. So, yeah, check it out. I mean, do, is a zombie book a hard sell these days? I don't think so. It, it's fun stuff. Hour of the Zombie, Volume 2. Two. Oh man, in your travels. I read the second issue of the second miniseries. Uh Lady Killer Two, number two. Mm. And Joel Jones is a phenomenal illustrator. Yeah. I agree with that. That said, oh no, Uh-oh. she's that's a, that's a however. Yeah, as a however, she is a much stronger illustrator than she is a writer. Yes. What? Yeah. Agreed. Um, this is not as sharp as tight as the first Lady Killer miniseries was. Um, was that written by another person? Yes, the first one, Jamie S. Rich. Oh. Um, so this is, um, where we left off with the, right when we left off with the end of the first issue, uh, the questions that Jason and I had as far as, you know, she's like a deer in headlights and, and, uh, someone is approaching her while she's trying to get rid of this body. Uh, we find out who that person is. That person is now in her life. They go way back. He is an older man. Um, he is, uh, his name is Irving, and he's been doing this a long time. He is really good at cleaning up messes. Uh, 
So he proposes that they uh, form a partnership. And uh, she's a little uneasy at first, but quickly comes around, uh, lets him do what he's got to do, and then we go to a um, the her husband's company, Aerojet General's annual Christmas bash at the beach. So, hey, if Joelle wants to draw our, uh, our damsel in a bathing suit, I'm all for it. Unfortunately, she is wearing a one piece, whereas all the other women on the beach are wearing these, uh, these newer, fancier bikinis. And, uh, she still makes it work though. I have absolutely no problem with that. Irving makes his way to the beach kind of uh interrupts her life, her day at the beach, introduces himself to her husband as her uncle Irving, which uh will probably cause some problems um down the line. But we um uh uh once once all that gets straightened out Josie takes um she goes to meet somebody for another contract and uh with that with that contract she she has to um take care of a uh of an airline pilot so we get to see her dress up as a stewardess uh she finds the pilot and again Irving just shows up out of nowhere I, I guess you can kind of assume that he's following her and uh so she takes care of this contract Irving's like listen you did you did what you had to do I'm going to do what I got to do I'll I'll take care of the body don't worry about it and and so she she leaves the plane leaving Irving to do his thing and that's where the issue ends so like there were questions at the be- end of the first issue there are maybe not as many questions but there are still some uh the one question might be is Irving really disposing of bodies or is he going to is he setting something up so that he can blackmail Josie later I do not trust Irving at all Um, pretty sure Jason won't either by the time he's done with the issue but it's uh, it's still I can't even if there were no words on the page, I would still love this book. It's just, it's, it is a, a feast for the eyes and it is, it, it's, it's not something that, you know, after I read all the superhero books over the past couple of days and, and I just wanted something different. I didn't have, you know, my issues of Power and Iron Fist nearby. I didn't have anything that, uh, that, that could kind of change it up for me especially since we've been reading a lot of DC lately. I just wanted something else. So, I mean, the, the fact that we're getting a sequel to one of my favorite miniseries is nice, even though it may not be written as well as the first one. It's still, uh, it's still this character and it's still, um, that it still scratches that itch. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's there and, and, uh, I'm, 
looking forward to the next issue to find out where it's going. It it, it is a five issue miniseries, so we'll be at the uh, with the third issue. We'll we'll get maybe a couple more questions answered, and probably have a few more questions thrown onto that afterwards. But uh, yeah, no, in your travels, I'm still saying get yourself some uh, Lady Killer too. No bearing on anything you just said, <laughs> but I was pulling images for the Facebook uh-huh. entry for this episode. Joelle Jones is pretty damn beautiful. Oh, she, is. Sure. she is. She is. A she can draw very a hell of a good domino. Attractive woman. She is very attractive. She is. She's fetching. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I like, I like uh, the short hair better. Hmm. Yeah. Very so interesting. But who the hell cares what I think? Jason. Oh, lots of people do. Yep. Yeah. That's why we have as many listeners as we do. Because of you. Oh, sure. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you in think? your travels, I would like to recommend a new podcast to some people. <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> what is that? I don't understand the hell of my laughter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, boo? Just because you don't listen to any other podcasts. I don't. That is a truth. I, know. I don't. It's your bad. Uh, the Felix Comic Art Podcast. Yes. Uh, as you might guess, it's, uh, hosted by Felix from Felix Comic Art. But what, uh, what is fascinating about it is it's the only podcast that I know of that is solely focused on original art collecting. That is very cool. And he's had some pretty impressive guests because he's been a, Felix in addition to being a very well-known dealer is also a very well-known big high-end collector. So he's no G. He knows all the, all the, all the, all the movers and shakers where all the bones are buried. And his last few episodes have been, again, from a, from an art collecting standpoint, fascinating. So he had Gene Park on episode nine, which he recorded at San Diego. And for those that don't know, Gene Park actually is in my line of work. Only if I'm like a one in scale of one to 100 in importance, he's like a 95. He was one of the most successful hedge fund managers of his generation and it's probably you're not a you're not a one no i am a one in, in the in the grand scheme of of a one of of him me versus gene park gene park's probably worth 150 to 200 million dollars be my guess can we get him to sponsor <laughs> no but gene is 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 a is a massively influential uh art collector a uh, little anecdote from just to give you an example of what i'm talking about so one of his grail pieces was the cover to New Mutants number one by McLeod. And it hadn't been, no one had seen nor heard of who owned it or where it was since McLeod sold it, uh, over 20 years ago. But Gene was always looking for it. So people knew this of him. So he was about to get on a jet to London with his wife and he gets a text message that and owner, the owner of this page just surfaced on one of the forums that deal with art and said they were looking to sell it. This guy's such a baller. Within minutes, he gets a hold of the guy, wires $25,000 to him to buy the page. And like, that's the kind of stuff this dude does. So fascinating to hear like that end of the art collection, like, like the, the serious, like, holy shit, like, you know, you probably wonder like who owns these pages, like all the classic pages. Well, guys like Gene own these pages, and he's very reclusive because he's like a super rich hedge fund dude. And so I've never seen or heard of him giving an interview before. So very cool. And then this most recent episode was 
uh, Felix sitting down with Eric Larson. Wow. Yeah, talking all about that Kirby. So Stun. I know that's your Stun. speed. So, so yeah, it's good. Like again, it's very specific. Like Felix is very specifically focusing, focusing on OA collecting. So if that's not of any interest to you, disregard this in your travels. But I know many of you from uh, our own conversations in the forums are definitely intrigued by, if not art collectors yourselves. And yeah, Jerry's on that. Yeah. So it's uh it's Felix art uh, podcast that you can find at the same place you can find us. So, does Gene have a Richard Corbin though? That's the question. I'd be I'd be more impressed with Richard Corbin than the New Mutants number one. Um, I mean, I I don't know what he. I have I have a few. Ask him. I don't know him. Well, fix that. Uh, uh, okay. And it's it's the actual New Mutants number one, not the Marvel graphic novel number one, right? Or number four. No, correct. It's it's the it's the cover to number one, Bobakov. I like that. Yeah, it's a cool cover. It is with everybody in action because because the graphic yeah. novel cover is just all them hunched over and the, the white yeah. background, and it's not. It's, it's like kind of poopy. You know, uh, Vince, yeah. he's a big Vampirella collector as well. Uh, shit. He, oh, he has Gonzalez pages. He's most. He has thousands of pages, but he's got. Uh, if he has any San Julian covers, I'm like, oh, I will genuinely. Oh, here you go, San Julian Vampirella. I'm clicking on it. <laughs> Yeah, which one? He has a uh, Vampy number thirty-eight from nineteen seventy-four. Is he on Comic Art Fans? Yeah. Oh, oh. oh shit. Gene Park, G E N E P A R K. I've been told it's just a small fraction of his collection, but but yes. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That he has a Vampirella thirty-eight. Well, there you go. That's a San Julian. Yeah. Well, you just said San Julian, so I looked it up. Yeah. Second. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's a great cover, too. A little bit of a Tombs of the Blind Dead going on. A little bit. but He's got a uh, DKR page. Oh. He's got a couple Frank Miller Daredevil pages. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Still holding off for the Corbin, though. Let me see. You got Richard Corbin. That's prestige. I do not see any Corbin here. Yeah, see, I'm telling you. <laughs> he, he ain't all that. <laughs> so there you all go. right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us yet again. If you liked any bit of this, please leave us a review on iTunes or a, a similar um, podcast thing. Um, we love you so much, and we hope you will return with us next week because David gets all he gets out of sorts when you're not here. Really? And we we can't. He does, and we can't have that because we want we want an in sorts, David. As usual, say good night, David. Good night, David. <laughs> Did you hit the? Did you hit the, the microphone. Yeah, no, I hit the uh, the. the Oh laptop. boy, dull thud. It's like a dead body oh, hit. I didn't have my glasses too far away. It wasn't going to make sense. We we planning on anything for next week? We're going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about next week. Remember? Oh yes. Who? Yes. My bad. Yeah. Give you a hint. We talked about something he wrote tonight. Oh, yes, we did. Snack. We talked about something he wrote on this very or episode. Drew. We're going to have a or Drew. Or Drew. Yes, we're going to have a 
But not the Drew who gifted me some awesome shit. DVG. Right. He's awesome. Love him. He's a hell of a cool dude. Come back with us next week. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be a very important episode. Sure to be a high water mark in the annals of 11 o'clock comics history. Or whatever. Yes, sir. Bye. Ladies, yo. Did you say Medusa? He said deuces. You said deuces. Medusa. Medusa? (laughs) I got nothing. (laughs) 